0: Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the gifts and the kindnesses, the mercies that you have bestowed upon us undeserving sinners. At this time and always, we pray that you would direct our eyes and our hearts always to you and your Son, Jesus Christ, that we have confidence before him, before you, of your favor and of your peace, which we now have even as we live in the world of unpeace we pray that you would comfort our troubled hearts and that you would embolden our confession as we proclaim Jesus Christ is lord over heaven and earth and our savior and our salvation in jesus name we pray amen, amen. amen. all right yeah I, this, this is uh, i don't want to spend too much time on this um, at least that's not the intention but I, I think, uh, anymore, um, I, I think it's become going to become clearer and clearer. Hopefully, to the church that she needs to be bold in her confession. Say that
1: again.
0: Okay, the Christian church needs to be ever more boldened in her confession of Christ, and not cower, but to stand firm. and And that's not only because she is given to do that, but also to encourage other Christians too you know, in the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, because really, uh, I, I think this is an opportunity, you know, for for uh, for us as God's people, um, as we ought to continually do anyway, but especially now to reflect on the significance of what we actually say we believe and confess. Um, so, you know, to be a Christian, what does that mean? What does it mean to confess Christ Jesus as Lord over heaven and earth in times such as this or at any time. And I, 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 think, uh, I, I think hopefully, I, I pray that the church continues to wake up more and more concerning these things. Not that she was necessarily entirely sleeping, but I, I think there has been a time of somberness in the church and many, I, I think sadly, are kind of giving in. Um, you, you may have heard of the, uh, I, I heard of this just recently, I don't know you know, all the details, but was it in New York with the Catholic Diocese was telling their congregations to close down? Well,
2: they have one bishop oh. sure, think- suing the state yeah. for uh, violating their
0: freedom
2: mm-hmm. of religion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then a an orthodox group of Jews. So yeah, yeah.
0: So that was yeah, and, and they faced it even earlier because remember um, prior or I, I guess when the you know the early stages of COVID they it was running throughout their community and, and I think it was well the mayor probably in Cuomo were saying, No, you guys, you know, have to limit your gatherings and everything else. Um but but I, I think there, there's something else going on here, and you know, as as much as we um, we speak about freedom in our democracy, um, whatever happened to making the choice of? And I, I know this is kind of, you know, kind of clear in my mind anyway. But you know, what about the freedom that we claim to have in our society about also recognizing consequences? So you know, if you you know, we we've kind of lost that. And I'm speaking generally, you know, um, we want to uh, we want to keep people from getting sick, certainly, and from hurting themselves, but there's also a personal responsibility that one has. You know, um, we go into dangerous, you know, some go into dangerous situations because of their vocations, but they also know very well that their vocations require them to do that. You know, so like police officers, I, I just heard on the, um, I, again, uh, on the, on the news this morning, they were talking about this in, in some places, you know, concerning the healthcare workers, and how they're, you know, basically stretched to the nth degree, you know, and and so not only physically but mentally, emotionally, uh, perhaps spiritually too. They're really struggling. They're really suffering. Um, you know, and you wouldn't think that something like this would ever happen, but like the fireman who loses his life. Um, you know, he, he knows that that is a consequence or the, the military, you know, they go into these things, hopefully, you know, with a, with a clear mind saying that, or at least, you know, recognizing that I could lose my life doing this, you know, and uh, just, just uh, we'll, we'll move on in just a moment, um, a, a thought just came to my mind. Uh, you know concerning confirmation if you remember years ago when you were confirmed or if more recently one of the questions that really stands out and I don't know if uh, Let alone younger people really get it um, Or even older people really get it the question about would you be you know basically will you die for this confession of faith? I mean it's, it's really astounding or you think about uh, you know the marriage vow you know, through sickness and in health. You know, um, it's not dependent on how well things are going, how bad things are going. Uh, but yeah, for
2: better or
0: for worse. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it might be one way or the other, right? So depending on your on your uh, position there. Um, but but what does it mean? You know, like when Paul says, for example, in Philippians, he says, "I count all things for the lo- as loss for the sake of Christ." You know, for me to live is, to me, for um, live is to live as Christ to die is gain. What does that mean, right? And that's not only—I mean, Paul wrote that under inspiration, but what does that mean for us? You know, we strive for the—we we strive to run in the race. What is the race, and what do we hope to gain? And receive as a, as a as a free gift of God, except the crown of life, right? All right. So today we will be looking at uh, the Old Testament, the Epistle, and the Gospel, kinda. um,
2: Pastor, do you have any more of the papers for Bible class?
0: I do. Right up here. You're supposed to get one. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I I, actually, believe it or not, I handed them out about five minutes early today. So. People can't name it (laughs) five minutes. Anybody else? I'm.
2: And anyone else? Anyone else? Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: I I think I'm getting older. What what was it a, a couple weeks ago? I was going on with a study and I said, okay, you have it in front of you, and you didn't have it in front of you, and nobody said anything
1: until afterwards. It's like, oh, okay. I I
0: think so. Yeah. So, past pastors are human too. Okay. You're scary. <laughs> <really a> <laughs>
2: I was here in my when
0: I was getting confirmed. I was <laughs> when you're getting confirmed, you probably ought to be but <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll, uh, we're uh, we're last week uh, we discussed and at least introduced the collect of the day. So the collect meaning you kind of gather the thoughts from the gospel reading predominantly Today we're moving into the Bible readings, so we're going to hear about something called pericopes, lectionaries. Um, as we have time, uh, the the last slide that's on your uh, handout has to do with the Gradual and the Alleluia verse. I don't have much on that, uh, but from the Bible readings next time we'll be going. We'll, we'll be introducing the Creed, and uh, so we have three creeds, three ecumenical creeds that we confess on a. Uh, regular basis more two than the one the one the athanasian creed we can talk about that too but we confess that uh, generally on trinity sunday some congregations actually confess it more frequently than that maybe every few months or something but it's one of the longer creeds but it's also very clear in terms of what is stated Um, in in contrast to uh, or in, in distinction from the false teachings That were there in the day, and also today. I I just heard of something. um, As I was coming in this morning, uh, one of the programs I I was listening to uh, talked about something called oneness Pentecostalism. Have you heard of that? Um, Oneness Pentecostalism. They uh, they believe in a Trinity, but it's a different Trinity than the Bible teaches. Right. Well, that's that's the you know the oneness body. What's kind of interesting? Yeah, they do believe in Christ, but they also uh, believe that Jesus Christ is is kind of um, a man. I I guess you could say a manifestation of God, and the Spirit is the current manifestation of God. So you have the Father in the Old Testament, you have Jesus in the New, and now you have the Spirit, um, which which is an ancient heresy called modalism. Um, And it's still around today Um, and uh, you know some may or may not know that Uh, but the the creeds and we'll get into this a little bit more next week but the creeds were were, uh, were formed you know to state the truth in the midst of a time where others were speaking differently concerning the Trinity concerning Jesus Christ concerning the Holy Spirit concerning the Father so they were, they were teaching and preaching contrary to what the Word itself says and reveals concerning the Godhead. So for now, with, with this, uh, what I'd like to do is take a, a trip, so to speak, or a journey uh, through the Old Testament and somewhat the New as well, at least selectively, if not looking at all these passages. It's amazing the number of times that we find uh, references to the reading of Holy Scripture publicly. Okay, so um, you know one of the things I, I wanted to say, and maybe I, I haven't mentioned this in the past, and that is that uh, the liturgies as we have them today um, have stark similarity to what was what happened in the past. Okay, there are some distinctions in terms of the colics. You know, one of the one of the comments I think from last week was that uh, the collects were roughly around 400 AD, 400, 500 AD. They're pretty ancient. Um, but the reading of the Psalms, the reading of the prophets, for example, that goes back to Old Testament times. Um, and, uh, you know, there, there may be differences in the words or in the melodies that we use, but the people of God in the Old Testament, they sang the Psalms. That was part of their worship. The Psalms actually were, sometimes is referred to as the hymn book in the Old Testament. And we see that Throughout the Old Testament, not just in the Psalms. So, for example, in uh, Exodus, after the crossing of the Red Sea, you might—I re- think this is Exodus fourteen, fifteen, somewhere around there—where where the people crossed the Red Sea, and then we have the song of Moses, the song of Miriam. You know, um, let's see, uh, horses and chariots—he is thrown into the sea. If you remember that from years ago, one of the songs. Um, some trust in chariots and some in horses. That's from the Psalms. Uh, but we believe in the name of the Lord our God. So first, looking at uh, Exodus chapter 24. And of course, Exodus 24 is uh, the covenant confirmed. That's the heading there. Uh, but we have uh, Genesis and Exodus. Interestingly, in verse 7, and just preceding that, we have Moses um. You know, taking the book of the covenant and reading it in the hearing of the people. And uh, oftentimes when when the, uh, the the book of the Lord, the book of the covenant was read, in and, and, and a number of occasions we have the people answering things like, all that the Lord has spoken we will do and we will be obedient. We will hear. And, um, so this is just one example, but it, it you know, in in other words, um, and I, I don't know the you know the, the reading proficiency of, of the layperson at that time, if they were able to read or, or not. Uh, we we probably have a better indicator later on in history. For example, um, during Germany, for example, I think most most of the clergy, the priests and others, knew Latin and of course the lawyers would have known latin and stuff likely but the lay people probably did not so you know to hear in one's own language and that's what they did in exodus and, and throughout the uh, the history of the old testament they spoke in the language of the people they did hear the word and you might recall also that this thing called memory was a thing back then right <laughs> You know, so you, you would read about these runners that went from place to place with, with news, with reports. And sometimes they could be short, but sometimes they would be lengthier. But their life depended on them remembering the message that they were told by the king to tell to whoever. They
2: must have been really
0: young. <laughs> they, they may have been younger, yes. And and uh, uh, apparently they, they must have been in very good health too. Yeah. Right? You know, to be able to run how many miles you know, in, in a little bit of time kind of thing. Um, but but times were different. Um, one of the things, too, and let's see, I don't think this is listed here, but remember uh, the account of uh, Philip in the Ethiopian eunuch in the Acts of the Apostles. The Ethiopian was actually reading out loud, and that's what they did. They read out loud when they read. And so Philip actually heard this the the, the eunuch reading from isaiah and he says do you understand what you're reading you heard him speak and then the the, the, the eunuch said well how can i unless someone explains it to me um and uh, so it kind of interesting stuff going on so exodus 24 you know is, is i i don't know if this is the first time that uh that we have reference to the book of the covenant that's read in the hearing of the people But the book of the covenant uh, would have been what God had given Moses already. Because remember, this is only the second book of the Old Testament. So Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy have not been written yet. Okay, so uh, note that. Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 to 9. So a few chapters later. And could someone read those few verses 6 to 9 of Deuteronomy 6 please?
1: These commandments that I give you today are to be in your hearts. I impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the doorframes of your houses
0: and on your gates. Okay. So the word is was to be out there and by the way not just read right but also spoken mm-hmm. all right second kings 23 verse 2 so a few chapters later second kings chapter 23 this might be somewhat familiar uh, we had we, we, we had this uh, reading around here not too long ago actually in October I still can't believe it's like mid-november already of 2020 where's the year gone anyway yeah that's yeah, crazy could someone read verse two? Uh, Actually, uh, verses 1 and and 2 would be fine for now.
1: Then the king sent, and all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem were gathered to him. And the king went up to the house of the Lord, and with him all the men of Judah, and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and the priests, and the prophets, and all the people, both small and great. And he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant, that had been found
0: in the house of the Lord. Now you might make the connection and, and the question, you know, the connection, the question would be is this the same book of the covenant in its entirety as before in Deuteronomy or not in Deuteronomy, in Exodus? Um, it, it, it could very well be, you know, the book of the covenant, the, the question is what, what does that specifically refer to? Um, you know, the, the the book and and. We got to remember too that at this time there was not a book; they used scrolls, right? Um, And these scrolls, oftentimes, you know, if, if you put the whole Bible in a scroll, it's going to be pretty, pretty, pretty big, right? So they had different scrolls, you know, for the different books, right? And then it made a difference too. Did the scroll, were the scrolls, and I don't have an answer for this, were the scrolls written only on the front or were they written on the back too? Because if they were written on the back, then I, I don't know if there could be some smudging, depending on what material, what what uh, what they use for ink, right? Um, we there's a lot we just don't know. Um, but when we come across this, I, I think the word book is often used because that's what we're familiar with. Yeah, but well, they use scrolls.
1: In Second Kings 22 verse 8 it says that, Achiah uh, the, the high priest said to. Shall fam the secretary? I
0: found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. Okay, mm-hmm. and that was very uh, that that was very likely. The book of the law is the Torah. Yeah. So it would include it would have included likely Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Now whether or not they they read the whole thing, I don't know. Um, that would take uh, probably a few hours. You know, to read Genesis through Deuteronomy. But you also have
1: to remember, too, usually when they made a scroll, it was made on uh, lambskin, too.
0: Mm-hmm. It primary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, vellum, I think, is what it was called, yeah. right? Um, and that was initially, and then later it was written on paper, right? Um, so, yeah, just kind of a, a lot of interesting, uh, uh, you know, possibilities for discussion here, just with reference to that. But. But the idea is, of course, that the Book of the Covenant was read before the people, and they heard these words. Yeah, question. I have a question. Yeah,
2: um, what's the difference? Why do they call it the Torah and the Pentateuch? Are they different? Are they the same thing? Why two different?
0: Yeah, they're they're um, they're basically the same books. Um, so you know, in terms of you know the Torah. Um, that actually, th- this word here, um, generally, well, actually, it's often translated in the Old Testament, as well as, especially in the Psalms, as law. The thing is, though, the the word Torah, it does mean law, but it's broader in meaning than just law. It also includes instruction. Um, you know, it, it can refer to, uh, you know, God's kindness and mercy as well. So, you know, if someone says, well, you know, the first five books of the, the Bible are all law, uh, that's a false statement if by that you mean law is in the terms of, okay, do this, don't do that. Because throughout the Torah, for example, you know, we do have these uh, these times, you know, pervasive, you know, throughout where, where we have, for example, uh, God... Relenting from disaster and judgment upon his unrighteous people, for example. So, if you recall, when uh, when they when they made the golden calf, I should say, when Aaron, who was basically the priest at that time, remember when he made the gold calf. Well, you know, they just gave this gold to me, and you know, this this calf came out. Yeah, um, but uh, okay, that's another issue perhaps but but it's it's really fascinating because from that point you know moses came down from the mountain he was angry what did he do he threw the tablets right and broke them in two uh with the very writing of god on them and he was he was pretty upset he had to go get a
3: reprint.
0: yeah i mean he he did um but but uh you know i think at that time god said he was going to destroy all of them and moses interceded and uh, what, what, what's amazing about Moses, when he interceded for the people, not only there, but at other times too, he basically said, take me instead. Not only that, but he also reminded God of God's promise upon the people of Israel. And then also his, uh, how should I say, his uh, reputation. If you do this, God, what are all the other nations going to say about your promises and what you said and your people and so on and so forth? Um so Torah includes law, but it's more expansive than that. So you know, I, I was uh, this this came to my attention um, a number of years ago. But like I would re- be reading the Psalms, like in Psalm one, for example. Let's uh, look at that. Keep your finger in Second Kings twenty three, if you would. But in Psalm one, and I will get to Pentateuch too. So uh, just wait. Um, but, but yeah, Psalm 1, um, you'll notice verse 2 of Psalm 1, and, and this, is a, this is a beautiful uh, beginning, right, for the Psalms, and then how it ends in Psalm 150 with praise, but uh, beginning at verse 1, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. And then 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. That word law is actually Torah. So his delight is in not only the Lord's commands, but really entirely the Lord's word, the law and the gospel, the command and the promises of God. So Torah includes law, but it also includes the promises of God, too. Now, when we come to Pentateuch, and this is from the Hebrew, by the way, Um, the word Pentateuch um, is, is from the Greek. Okay, so you have uh, you have penta, which means five. And I'm not sure exactly what the tooth means. Um, but basically five books. Can you see that okay?
2: Yeah.
0: Mm. I was just saying, I bet that's teaching. What's that? Tuch. Uh, it could be. But teaching in, let's see. Um, I'm thinking doctrine with teaching. Uh, Didasco, Didache, um, those kind of things, but yeah. So this is from the Hebrew, and this is from the Greek, the Pentateuch. Um, so actually, for example, the the word Genesis, the first book of the Bible, actually that's from the Greek, meaning beginning. In the Hebrew, it's Bereshith. You know, so uh, and oftentimes what we find in the in the in our Bibles today is that they follow the Greek for the title, not the Hebrew. Because oftentimes the, the Hebrew uh, title of that particular book is from the first few words in the Hebrew of that book. Yeah, oftentimes. So you've heard like the word Deuteronomy. Um, basically is from true... I, I know this one for sure. Um, Deutero is second and then... Uh, Nami is is from the word uh, in the Greek, nomos, which means law. So a second law, um, which is kind of uh, explaining um, what Deuteronomy is about, not a second law, but kind of a retelling, a review of the covenant that God had established with his people before they enter the promised land. Right? Um, And by the way, also uh, with reference to Exodus, Exodus, Interesting tidbit of information. To my knowledge, there is there is the use of the word exodus as the word exodus one time in the New Testament. Does anyone know where that is? Luke's Gospel, the Transfiguration account. We're told that Jesus was speaking with Elijah and Moses about his exodus. Okay, so Exodus means going out, right? So, and this is, I think, from two Greek words, ex and then odos, which is way. So, from or out of, way, right? So, uh, and then the Exodus, of course, what is that about? The book of the Old Testament, named Exodus. About how God led his people out of Egypt, Egypt, right? Towards the promised land. Um, All right, so... uh, Hopefully that answers your question a little bit. You know, there, there's also, uh, you know, some, some might, you know, there, there are dis- distinctions in between the Old Testament and New Testament in terms of language simply because of the Hebrew and the Greek. Um, and one of those is Messiah. You probably know this already, but Messiah is, is that's, uh, that's based on the Hebrew word for the anointed one. In the Greek, the word is Christ. All right, so Jesus Christ, Jesus is his name. Christ is not his last name. Okay, Christ is a title. Um, Jesus, Jesus is his name. Okay, and he was given that name. You recall, um, you know, and, and we we can think of the uh, the account of the angel visiting Joseph. He will call it. They will call him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Uh, Jesus actually is derived from the word that is very similar to. Um, um, Joshua, you know, and a few other words in the in the Old Testament that have to do with salvation. You know, so, um, you know, there's a lot of Jesus's, I think, around here, probably. Right. Quite a few. Um, And in in Jesus's day, too, I, I think the word Jesus probably was not an uncommon name in Jesus's day. Um, but the, the Jesus of the Bible is quite distinctive from other Jesuses, right? Because he was the real deal, the real Savior.
2: What's that? Oh, uh, you, don't you hear, hear that it. Jesus and nobody, nobody ever names her kid, Lucifer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> was, there, was, was there a TV show not too long ago that was called Lucifer?
3: Who was this? Yes.
0: A TV a series?
3: series.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that had to do with the devil. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, kind of in a... How should I say? Like, it, it was... Yeah, it was creepy because they tried to make him human. You know, kind of. it's kind of
1: weird. Can I ask something? This is going to show my ignorance. Is this related to the topic at hand? Or the topics, plural? It's actually related to 2 Kings
0: 23. Okay. Awesome. Uh, I'm assuming this is after an exile where the temple was destroyed and they're rebuilding the temple. No. No. It was before, you
1: know, Josiah was before. No. I'm sorry, say that
0: again. Josiah was before. So I, I think it was under... It, it was actually just uh, maybe uh, one or two generations after Josiah. Um, so we're, we're, we're thinking... I mean, the, the time here, I'm I'm going to estimate, uh, give a rough estimate, it's probably about, uh, I want to say, 650, 600 B.C. Yeah,
1: I got um, that off my timeline. But yeah.
3: They're paying people, they're paying workmen to repair or rebuild the temple.
0: Yeah, because there were there were some, I mean, just, they, I mean, you could think of this realistically, too. I mean, you know, this congregation has been here since... I. Somewhere I heard. Um, when was the the dedication for this current for the new for the for the uh, new congregation or new sanctuary? It was in the '60s. I think. Was it in the '60s or? It was 16, I think it was '19. Okay. Um, and you, who are trustees, who have been trustees over the years, maybe still a trustee after many years, um, you know, possibly, um, you haven't had to do much with the with with the building right because you know it's pretty pretty good yeah i mean you don't have any leaks or you haven't had any leaks in the past you haven't had any i yeah. i know i know <laughs> i know but what i'm saying is that you know over time if you don't do anything and even if you maintain it um on, on the way here um, in Portales, I drive by and I forget the name of the church, but it's it's across from the, the football field at the high school at church of Christ, right? Yeah, I think they're redoing the roof And it's like well, why do you have to do that unless you need to right or, or repair or whatever? But but it is a, it is a fact of life. I think isn't it that you have to make repairs on occasion And if you think of like the temple What was it made out of stone? You know, um, yeah, and uh, you know, this was brought to my attention uh, way back when with reference to the tabernacle. Um, You know, it was kind of a bloody, bloody thing, you know, with the sacrifices and everything else. So, we we don't necessarily think of this too often, but how often did they have to change some things or update? You know, um, impairments wear out over time, right? You know, um, and so, so they had to make repairs on the temple because, you know, and what happens when you neglect something? I don't know. I, I've seen some houses around here that have been greatly neglected. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. So, oh, you weren't. Okay. I was volunteering. Okay. <laughs> okay. That wasn't a question. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so they were they were taking care of that. Um, and, and there was, there, was, uh, there were collections made, you know, for the workers to do their job. You know, um, but but specifically here, uh, this is prior to the exile. And uh, remember, uh, we have um, we have uh, at this time we would we would have had prophets that have spoken. I, I think Jeremiah was one of them that that uh, was preaching that the exile was coming because of the people's lack of repentance, because of the people's lack of faith and trust in God. So you remember Isaiah, um, I, Isaiah is preaching uh, before the exile. And, you know, we, we often think of Isaiah chapter 7. We know those words, verse 14, you know, the virgin will conceive and bear a son. But you remember the context of that, too, which I think is, is quite significant. And that is that uh, Isaiah says to the king, you know, you know, choose a sign. You know, what will the sign be? Yeah, and the king said, I'm not going to touch the Lord. It's one thing to touch the Lord when he hasn't said. It's another thing to do what he says when he actually says, when he tells you to do something, right? But the context of that was the king was was contemplating um, a, a union with, uh, with Gentile nations in response to the threat. A threat of, you know, destruction, siege. Uh, not in that order, by the way. But... Um, but, but out of threat. And, and God was informing the king through Isaiah that God's going to take care of this mm-hmm. in a real way. And the king said, no, I'm not going to test the Lord uh, by asking for a sign. And then Isaiah says, okay, God is going to give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and bear a son. Which, which is amazing because that did not take place until years later, right? I, I think it was roughly, what, 400 years from the from the promise made in Isaiah to his fulfillment, um, with the Virgin Mary conceiving and, and bearing Jesus Christ, whose name, by the way, is Emmanuel, also which means, and this is from the Hebrew, God with us. Um, what a beautiful thing there! All right, so let's uh, let's look to uh, uh, Nehemiah. Now, Nehemiah was a governor, and he was allowed to go back. and This this is actually after the exile. I think right, yeah. Um, So after the uh, the destruction of the temple, uh, Nehemiah chapter eight. So Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther. (coughs)
1: Nehemiah
0: was a priest. So Nehemiah chapter eight. Would someone read verses one through five?
2: The scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded Israel. So Ezra, the priest, brought the law before the assembly of men and women, and all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. Then he read from it in the open square that was in front of the water gate from morning until midday, before the men and women and those who could understand. And the ears of all people were attentive to the book of the scribe stood on a platform of wood which they had made for the purpose, and beside him at
0: his right hand stood just do your best. I'm not I'm not gonna count off for and his left
2: hand, Hadaya, Mashel,
0: yeah, that's good, Hashem,
2: Zechariah, and Oh, not, not bad. <laughs>
0: Yeah, thank you. That was that was good. <laughs> I uh, in, in, in in catechesis where we're we're uh, currently reading, you know, parts of the Old Testament, you know, and and there are some some challenging words there, <laughs> regardless of what age you are, um, but you, but you you did good. They, yeah, so there there was a platform that was made for him, and then you know Ezra was on this platform reading reading the book of Moses, right? The book of the law. That would have been the Torah, right? Um, So this is yet another example of the reading of of the the revealed text of God to the people in their hearing that they believe, right? Um, And uh, notice in verse 8 as well, uh... there's continuation of that they read from the book from the law of god clearly and gave the sense so that the people understood the reading so you would have reading going on and then you know i, I can only uh... imagine that there were people around kind of in the crowd also giving explanation too um, So. You know, and I, 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 I'm not, unable to say whether or not there was a time like this before, In at least in Ezra's time, I'm, I'm assuming there wasn't. Uh, but, you know, you might ask, well, what did the people do on the Sabbath day? Did they just stay, were, were they sheltered at home? You know, kind of thing. Um, and the answer is, very likely not, they went to hear the word. You know, to be refreshed by what God himself gave. Um, and that's why, uh, you know, I, I think in the explanation to the third commandment, you know, we have the words, we should fear and love God that we may not despise preaching on his word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. Now that's from Luther. Um, but what was the Sabbath about resting, but resting also in the Lord, you know, who sanctified the day. And, uh, and Luther draws attention to this. He sanctified the day and he sanctifies the day by means of his word. Not by our doing, but by His doing, you know, through the Word. All right, let's uh, let's get to the New Testament after break. So I see there's some goodies there. Thank you, whoever brought them, Margaret. Right? And comment, question. Yeah,
3: I just I'm uh, um, glad you cited this passage because it really shows uh, what we have kept liturgically in place over the centuries, yeah. millennia. You know, occasionally you go to other churches that are not so liturgical, and they
1: don't, I mean,
3: I can't think of a a non-liturgical church that takes the time to go up to a wooden podium, what we call a lectern, and just read the Word of God. But liturgical churches that maintain that, I don't want to use the word tradition, but practice of just simply, you know, without expounding, just reading the Word of God's Precedent way back when. Oh, yeah. yeah. By God's grace, we're still doing it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for that. All right, we'll come back in what we take about 10 minutes. Is that is that good? Yeah. That. it wasn't like he
3: picked the yeah. text it, was already, it looked like it was already the, the text
0: of the day Yeah, and, and it very well I, I think could have been um, so I mean I, I don't know what the practices were you know of, of that time of that era nor do I know exactly when the lectionary came to be as we have it today I mean it's, it's, it's gone under you know a number of developments uh, you might recall that um And I I think this is a slide that I have, um, not this one, but next. Um, I think, yeah, the three-year, one-year lectionary. Um, It used to be years ago, I I think TLH was actually on the one-year lectionary, if you recall. And I think with the white and year lectionary, were there even Old Testament readings at that time, or was it just new? the red there's
1: no. Testament
0: it just says epistle of the gospel okay yeah so I, I think the Old Testament probably was um, was inserted a little bit later in the lectionary system to kind of give a broader picture a broader view of the scriptural text and um, you know so so you know certainly with with we, we have actually uh, well joke about this there's a um, how many pastors is it uh, do you know do you remember Pastor Blazek um, in our circuit that uses the one-year lectionary? I think it's at least two or three. There's, yeah, a
3: couple.
0: Too. Um, but we we kind of jab each other often <laughs> about that. Um, because some use the one-year and some use the three-year. And I, I think there's 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 positives, there there's strengths and weaknesses for either one. Um, but uh, you know, and that's something that that certainly congregations you know you know can discuss. Um, most of, uh, many of the uh, writings of Luther, for example, in the earlier Lutherans, were based on uh, the one-year lectionary series, not the three-year. So historically, anyway, there is precedent for that. There's, there, there's also a number of resources that one has from the one-year that's not in the three-year, or for the three-year. But there's also a number of sources now for the three-year, too, so uh, it, it, it somewhat varies. And, um, you know, if, if you're interested and we don't have them in front of us, uh, the TLH does have a lectionary as well for the one year. Um, but, uh, but right here in Roman numeral 22 to, tw- uh, that should be 22 to 23, I think, or 12 to 13. Um, in LSB, there's a, there's a list. And right now we have, uh, we're in series A. We're kind of wrapping up Series A because we start actually a New Year, Happy New Year, early in just another week and a half, I think, right? Yep. That's oh man. Um, but. Action is knocking on the door. Right. So so right now we're in Series A, which really emphasizes the gospel reading from Matthew. And Series B emphasizes. The Gospel reading from... Nope. Mark. Mark. How about C? Take a guess. Any guess. John. John. Nope. (laughs) Take another guess. We're talking about Gospels here, so you only have Right? Luke. Where is John? Right? Where is John? Well, John is kind of mixed throughout. Um, So especially... um, There's always, for example, uh, you might recall, there's always something called Good Shepherd Sunday from John's Gospel as the Gospel reading, right? Um, So, you know, John is throughout, and especially like Good Friday, you know, um, Good Friday has, you know, different options available. And one of the readings on Good Friday is, of course, you know, John's account of the Passion narrative. Um, Others might take, uh, you know, for example, BECAUSE WE'RE ENTERING THE, the B, uh, the, THE B SERIES, THEN, YOU KNOW, ONE OF THE READINGS, OF COURSE, WILL BE MARK'S PASSION NARRATIVE. AND THEY ARE DIFFERENT, THERE, there ARE SIMILARITIES, BUT THERE ARE ALSO DIFFERENCES, TOO. Um, in, uh, in, in I, I THINK IN OUR LECTIONARY, IF I'M NOT MISTAKEN, um, AT LEAST IN LW, AND I, I DON'T KNOW IF THIS IS THE CASE IN, in LSB, BUT IN LW, They had a lectionary, and what they did on Good Friday is they kind of combined the passion narratives from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to kind of make it, you know, uh, to kind of introduce it chronologically in terms of what was going on. Um, But to put all those together, um, you usually have to do that in parts when you're reading it because it's a lengthy reading, right? Um, And oftentimes for Good Friday, and and this would also apply to the passion narratives too, Um, oftentimes, you know, pastors you know, may have the congregates remain seated because the readings might be like one chapter, one full chapter. And when I say full chapter in the Passion narrative, it could be up to 50 or 60 verses, right? Um, but but it's it's very, um, I, I think it's, it's uh, very good and beneficial to do that because it kind of gives us not just snippets, but the whole picture of that particular account, okay? So, um, you know, this one, um, this picture here is just to kind of kind of represent the church calendar. Now, some of you, uh, especially uh, the, the altar guild lady, one of the altar guild ladies here, um, knows about this and, and some others as well. But the church here revolves around the life of Christ. And every one of the readings will somehow uh, relate to the time of church here that we are in. Okay, um, So we're entering into the time of Advent. Uh, the last few Sundays our readings have been about the end times from the Old Testament, the Epistle, and the Gospel, right? We'll kind of get that similar theme also in Advent. Uh, One of the strangest things, it's not strange, but at first glance, one of the readings oftentimes in Advent is Jesus coming into Jerusalem on a donkey. Isn't that Palm Sunday stuff? Yeah. But what is the reference, you know, what is the context in Advent? Christ coming, right? Um, yeah. So, and and that's what's beautiful about this because you know, of course, Christmas Day, um, you know, many uh, many a reading will be from John one, for example. You know, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, right? Um, and and uh, so some of the some of the the, the, the readings uh, during the time of Christmas. So we call the, the we say the time of Christmas which is basically Christmas and Epiphany, the time of Easter, which is Lent, Holy Week, and Easter, up to Holy Trinity, and then the time of Pentecost is all this area here. So we have, I, I think, uh, was it this last Sunday? I think it was the 24th Sunday after Pentecost. Yep.
1: Yep.
0: And then, man, this is another, you know, mind-boggler to me. I think this coming Sunday is the last Sunday in the church year already. The
1: last Sunday in the church year this Sunday.
0: So if you hear me or other people say Happy New Year, they're, they're, they're okay, okay? They're not uh, mentally ill or anything. Um, but yeah, so the readings, of course, during Lent, you know, has to do with preparation for Christ's death and resurrection, right? So we'll, 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 we'll see that uh, Pentecost we call the time of the church, you know, and then uh, uh, generally speaking, like Advent is considered a season within the time of Christmas, Lent is a season within the time of Easter. Epiphany is a season within the time of Christmas as well. Right? So um, we have the baptism of our Lord. And, and so, really, you know, I mean, this, this diagram is very helpful, too, because really, uh, the first part of the church, the, the first part of the time of the church, Christmas and Easter, are all, all about Christ, specifically, explicitly. The second part, the time of Pentecost, um, has to do with the life of the church, which is centered, of course, on Jesus Christ. So you can imagine, you know, a cross here, you know, the church here, because it's really focused on Christ Jesus. And there's, I think, any number of benefits, one of which, of course, is that when you have a lectionary that focuses on on Christ in terms of the time of the church here, ideally, anyway, that's to help prevent the pastor from getting on his high horse and preaching this or that that really has little to do with the church maybe it's a pet peeve you know um pastors don't do that though right Um, they don't get on their soapbox um and i wonder you know we we just read from from nehemiah remember how they build a platform i don't know if that's where they got this idea of soapbox (laughs) but he was actually reading from scripture right so um yeah. Are there any questions about this before we move on? Okay, I'm actually going to get done the study today. we got to talk more. Um, so the gradual, just by way of introduction, the gradual, and often we, um, you know, the gradual can be spoken. It could be chanted. Sometimes it's omitted, too, um, depending on the service, but... Usually it's inserted um, in, in this congregation, we, we've uh, generally inserted the gradual between the reading of the Old Testament and the Epistle. Um, so that's kind of where it is. It's a liturgical response drawn from the Bible that follows the Old Testament reading, but not always. Um, so I, I think for the past couple weeks, uh, the gradual uh, has been on the saints. You know, These are those who have come out of the Great Tribulation. You know, washed, you know, the robe, having their wa- the robes washed white in the blood of the lamb, you know, kind of thing. And that has to do with the time in the church here, which we find ourselves, um, which is quite appropriate. Amazingly, um, what we believe as Christians is, is always proper, especially at funerals, too. There's a reason for that, right? Um, we rejoice in 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 Christ and uh, have sure hope of the resurrection. Now the Alleluia verse. Um, this is another distinction too. Um, you know where, and I don't know if you can read this if I do it here. But Alleluia. Does anyone know what that means? Praise the Lord. Yeah, praise the Lord. How about this one? How about that one? It's the same thing, right? Again, we find this Greek and then Hebrew. So, um, and, and this is kind of interesting, you know, because it's uh, actually, I think, the different words, Hale, Lu, and then Yah, that's shorthand for, Jesus, mm-hmm. for, for Yahweh, for the Lord. Okay, so, you know, generally, when we see uh, Lord capital, capitalized, that's Yahweh in our English translations, okay? So uh, hallelujah, Hebrew word meaning praise the Lord, also spelled hallelujah, of course, gave it away there, Uh, praise the Lord. That's why you got that right. (laughs) Praise the Lord, right? Um, So, and this is, uh, I I think it's, I, I think in the Hebrew it's actually an imperative, praise the Lord, not just, oh, please do this, but rather do this. Praise the Lord, and this we find, of course, at the conclusion of many psalms, or in the midst of many psalms. Uh, Psalm one eighteen comes to mind, hallelujah, um, and a number of others as well. And uh, you know, just kind of a by the way thing. When we get to the hallelujah verse, or actually, I should say, when we don't get to the hallelujah verse in Lent, and somewhat in Advent, there might be some questions. Well, why do we do that? Shouldn't we be singing hallelujah all the time? Well, yes. But in terms of the church here, Lent as well as Advent are considered penitential seasons. And a penitential season is when, when um, you know praise and adoration to God is limited on account of the time in which we're in or the season, which is more reflective of our sinfulness. That doesn't mean we don't praise God because we do or... But I, I think there's something to say about you know various traditions and practices when the, in the church that direct our attention to what Christ Himself has done. So, like during Lent, for example, um, it, it's, it it's it almost feels like a different time in the in the church, doesn't it? Lent? Or maybe I'm just wrong. No, it
1: does. <laughs> a lot of but I know with, with Pastor Blazek being here with Pastor Blazik a lot of times. When we get to the to period of blint, everything is spoken. I mean the only mm-hmm. songs we sing are the loving hymn, hymn of the day yeah. and mm-hmm. the ending and, and the yeah. communion. Right. Everything else he used to do is spoken, yeah. you know. And I right. mean it kinda of, as Meyer said one time, it adds a somberness to the mm-hmm. to that particular period of time. Right. And and that goes along with what you're saying about, you know, it's a penitential time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Give him the organist a break from playing. <laughs> it sure does
2: make it easy. <laughs> Play in the there, there's less mistakes I can make. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but you know, I
1: mean, it, I mean it, and he's done it that way for as long as I've been here. But yeah. It's just a tone down. Yeah, it tones it, it down.
3: just tones it, it down a yeah. little bit. Just as "Hallelujah" is an uplifting right. part of the liturgy. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's up to yeah. So it's taken out of the liturgy for right. that season. To, right. It's just like yeah. breaking things in purple. You know, so
0: yeah. just to kind of tone it down a little yeah. bit. Yeah, there's you know, I'm, I'm reminded of uh, Ecclesiastes mm-hmm. chapter three, there's a time to mourn yep. and there's a time to rejoice. You yep. know, and and so I mean that kind of you know I, I guess I, I maybe I shouldn't use the word superficially, but um, there is this uh, you know kind of sense of change of course from Good Friday to Easter Sunday. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah.
1: I mean
3: contrast is more dramatic. Yeah. Too well that. yeah, yeah.
0: But but also I mean, you know, we as Christians, because we're I, I want to use the term realist, not in terms of impressionism and you know about that stuff. I don't um I, I know the word, but when I use the word realism it, it's like reality. You know, um there are times when we are joyful, right? Uh, at the birth of a child, um, you know, at uh, at a wedding, for example, and, and the like. But there are also times when we are quite sorrowful. And, and, and you know, and, and our emotions change, but also do our circumstances change? And, you know, um, so, so imagine, um, for example, um, when Christ Jesus died, what was the attitude? I mean, maybe we don't have to imagine, but but we can speak about it. You know what was what was the emotion probably of the disciples? Were they all you know happy? No,
1: I you mean, know believing
0: that hey he's going to rise from the dead just as he said right? Yeah, yeah, and they, they were odd, right? I mean there, there's, they were they were odd. They were they were just dumbfounded. You know here Jesus standing in front of us and they couldn't believe it. You know so in Luke's gospel, you know he says you know do you have any food here? Because they thought they saw the groups. Yeah, the on the yeah. yeah. so you had a question, comment? Going okay. from Good Friday yeah. uh, to Easter Sunday, I don't know about anybody
1: else, but to me, when you come into the church on Easter Sunday, it's absolutely explosive. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. So I mean, I could just float down the aisle to a seat. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. If we go through what we did last year, we're going to meet... It. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, there's
0: yeah, I concur. That's uh,
2: yeah,
0: yeah, the day before our beloved governor said no,
2: except like no
0: more than five, I think, is what she said, right?
2: I know we're supposed to forgive people, but I find that <laughs> I you know, the, the, cannot forgive her for
0: the that. Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses as we,
2: as we forgive those. Prayer. I know i have to still working on it, but yeah. that was so Water. deliberate. It was. Wait yeah. until yeah. afternoon. It was yeah. She's going like right so to She's She's do it. Watch it. Right until Easter. Everybody's going see too. I bet the 23rd. Everybody's got their churches all decorated. You're all ready to do this special stuff. Yeah. Bam! I yeah. thought that was just really hateful. Sh- it was right. evil. Yeah, yeah. She,
0: she is
2: hateful. hateful. hmm right.
0: mm-hmm. But you know, and and you know, well, oftentimes. Yeah,
3: they'll cut it down, until the 30th. Mm-hmm. They're
2: down all off holidays. Uh, uh, Dr. Fauci is already saying after Dr. Fauci. Yeah.
0: yeah. 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 Be sure you have. Be sure you have, um, sure you have yeah. your mask at you home, ready? not in your car, <laughs> over Thanksgiving and Christmas and. I'm yeah.
2: to I'm like how are you going to make me wear your mask
0: in your own house? Yeah. But you know, I'm um, contrary to popular belief. Many many however believe that Christmas is the is is the big, you know, the b- b- big holiday in the church year. It's not. It's Easter. It, it is a big it is a big holiday, don't get me wrong, but it's not the biggest of the church year. It's Easter. And you know, just it kind of begs the question: Was there kind of this plan to do that? You know, to uh, to downplay the biggest holiday in the church here. I believe there was. You know, the the biggest celebration because it, I mean, and think about it. And I, I know this is extension and an extension of that, an extreme position. But if you take out, and I I don't know if this was their intention, but think about it: if you take out the resurrection,
3: mm-hmm.
2: what
0: is Christianity? You know, is, is, <laughs> praise the Lord, right? <coughs> Hallelujah.
3: Hallelujah.
0: Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, think about what Paul says in in First uh, in Corinthians fifteen. If Christ is not risen, then your faith is futile. You're still in your sins. And if if Christ is not risen, then we are of mo- of, of all men the most pitiable. That's what he means. If Christ is not risen, what's the point? What's the the point? The yeah. point? yeah. Exactly.
1: Why have so many martyrs died? You know. Why, if, why if die, you know mm-hmm. Yeah. You belief. You know, Christ Christ.
0: Yeah. And and then really what's what's the purpose? I mean we might as well just live however we want. Because this is all we got. But of course God speaks differently. What's that? I
3: just said we've seen a lot of that today. People
0: doing whatever they want to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right? I, I almost want to say just like in the judges, <laughs> they everybody did what was right in their own eyes. And that's but how does this okay, so maybe we'll conclude here, but I want to ask the question, and, and maybe maybe you guys have an answer for this. But how does a society function if everybody does what what they think is right?
3: Nothing, nothing
1: yeah. They are just like Somalia. Yep. Yeah. Somalia. Or